Hello, listener. Welcome to yet another episode of the Google Football Podcast. Today on the pod, we shall take a look at the Indian Super League um, and its highly competitive league standings, where the teams keep changing at the top and even at the bottom. To discuss the league and the current season and even beyond, we have fantastic football writers who cover the Indian Super League. Got Ujjant Ramesh, who covers the BFC. Hey, Ujjant, what's up? Uh, hey, I'm all glad to be here. All right, BFC, I should actually use a full form here, Bengaluru Football Club. <laughs> Rajdi Saha, who covers East Bengal. Hey, Rajdeep. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. Hey, looking forward. And Yash Pratap Singh, who covers uh, our friends in Northeast, the Northeast United Football Club. Hey, Yash, what's up? All good, Amul. How about you? Perfect, perfect. Now, before we proceed with discussing the current season of the ISL and beyond, um, you know, let's just quick give a quick intro to our listeners about the ISL in general, uh, for those who are not aware. And uh, I'll turn to you, Jant, uh, to do that. If you can, you know, give a quick brief about the ISL, its uh, current format, and maybe what uh, the you know AIFF is kind of looking to do in the in the future. एक मरून, एक लाल है। कुछ राइवलरीज बेमिसाल हैं। ये इंडिया का फुटबॉल है। कहीं हर प्लेयर भगवान है, कहीं अपनी मिट्टी का सवाल है। ये इंडिया का फुटबॉल है। Yeah, so basically the ISL, it started in 2013. That's This is the eighth season right now. And uh, to a certain extent, it is controversial league as well, but I do not want to start off with that. But yeah, basically this is the eighth year of the uh, ISL. And uh, speaking of its format, right, uh, at this point we have uh, 11 teams and each obviously they play 20 games. And uh, what is different from... Uh, our Indian Super League, say, versus the other uh, top European leagues, is that we also have uh, playoffs as well as, uh, you know, top finishers. And both of them have two different accolades present to them. So there's a thing called the ISL League Winner Shield, basically. Uh, that goes to the person on top, the team on top, right? So their consistency matters for that ISL League Winner Shield. And then at the same time, the ISL Trophy, of course, we have a playoff format and the winner over there gets the ISL uh, Trophy. And uh, speaking about the other uh, the other important aspect is the AFC Champions League and the AFC Cup. So, yeah, like I said, the winner of the uh, ISL League Winner Shield, uh, that team gets into uh, the AFC Champions League, a direct spot into the AFC uh, Champions League. So that's how, like, that's generally how the format of the uh, ISL works. And uh, speaking about uh, promotions and uh, relegations, this is again like uh, another controversial topic because the ISL, one thing that the ISL probably lacks is this. And this is like, you know, it's sort of against the uh, um, football regulations and stuff because in a lot, a lot of uh, places, like leagues are not even recognized when there's no system of relegation and promotion, right? So the ISL is a league in such a condition right now, which is hoping to change, right? by 2023 or 24 you know there have been a lot of uh, things proposed so that way the isl plan to sort itself out by you know making the i league 
a sort of uh, lower league lower division and uh, the ISL as the main league so that's how the ISL and uh, I league are related and of course that is not an easy process because I league has been going on for a, like a lot much longer time right now and uh, last time as well in the podcast mudit spoke about how there's a particular fan base in india that still believes that the I league is the way to go is true pure indian football right so speaking about merging and all of that the isl is they trying to consider it to be one of the top leagues and while i i league goes below but yeah it's a really long process we've had uh, you know teams jumping from the i league to isl and all of that so things have been happening of late these kind of things mergers and uh, i league teams coming to the isl but yeah basically that's how the isl structure is and it's growing but is it real growth is it better than the i league a big question mark we'll talk about that as well perfect that was good and short ajan but thanks for uh, updating us and the listeners with uh, you know what the isl actually is and what they're trying to do in the in the near future <clears throat> right then uh, so that was the isl a uh, brief history about the isl and uh, we'll get on to the current version of this uh, of the tournament uh, which is this seasons and um, i believe there's a lot lot to discuss so uh, listeners who are not again aware uh, this is isl's eighth season uh, like you mentioned and uh, this season is currently happening in a bubble in goa where all teams are locked in and only go out to play the football matches uh, which i'm pretty sure must be pretty stressful and again something which we will discuss in in later in this podcast uh, so without going into much of that um, quick overview of this season's isl Uh, the ISL is currently topped by Hyderabad FC, uh, followed by Kerala Blasters, who are just three points behind with two games in hand on Hyderabad. Uh, Bengaluru FC, which who were nowhere in the picture a few weeks ago, are suddenly third in the table, just three points from the top. Uh, ATK Mohan Bagan are fourth, and uh, current ISL champions Mumbai City FC are sixth. A turn of fortune, maybe for both BFC and Mumbai City FC, since BFC beat them on the start of 2022. All right, I'll stop, guys. What is happening here at the top? Please let please someone pitch in and and explain the excitement and the competitiveness of this entire league. So uh, basically, you know, like uh, like what you mentioned that you know this like you mentioned that uh, this has been a season where it's happening in Goa and BFC went over in the picture, and similarly is. like prior to the start of the isl if we look at back at the last season which was the seventh edition of the isl the the, t- the top four teams were completely different and the teams which were not in the top four last season have made it to the top four this season if you see hyderabad fc had their kerala blasters bengaluru jamshedpur none of them were in the top four last season that is and more more so i will you know uh, give the credit to the new foreign player, foreign players policy which is like just four foreigners can play and you need to field in seven indians which is of course a good thing going forward for indian football but i still feel that it was way too early to implement this rule given the uh, number of teams we have in isl instead they could have uh, started this from 2022 23 when the promotion relegation actually starts Uh, like uh, the winners from the i league will join the isl in 2024 and 2023 24 edition so i think that would have been a, a better time to implement this but regardless of that uh, you know hyderabad fc kerala blasters jamshedpur and bengaluru fc this is the time where you know their the their actual strength which is indian players 
वो दैट हैज शोन अप इन द पास्ट सीजंस डीएसई हैज स्ट्रगल्ड विद पास्ट टू सीजंस दे स्ट्रगल्ड विद फॉरेन प्लेयर्स वी हैव सीन इन द लास्ट टू सीजंस एवर सिंस द पार्चर मीकू एरिक पार्टालू एंड ऑल ऑफ दैट बट दे हैव कम बैक वेरी स्ट्रांग दिस सीजन एंड इट्स नॉट ऑन द बैक ऑफ द बैक ऑफ द फॉरेन प्लेयर्स आई स्टिल से इट्स बिकॉज़ ऑफ देयर इंडियन प्लेयर्स नाउ रेम रोशन सिंह देन देयर्स प्रतीक देन देयर्स दानिश then i can go on and on even udanta has shown up like you know he stepped up big time in the absence of sunil chetri who struggled with form for a few games but then he's now back scoring and assisting goals and talking about hyderabad fc i mean they i i'm speechless every time i have to speak about manolo marquez and what he has done with this team i mean just just think he took that bottom place team to uh, to the fifth position last season and he did not stop they missed out to the with the playoffs with just one point i tell you they if they would have like uh, won the game last game against fc goa they were in the playoffs and if they would have been in the playoffs i think they could have won it but nonetheless they have made it they are at the four, they are uh, sitting at the top position this season and which is a great thing i mean it's not a change which has happened overnight i'll say this is something that has happened over two uh, hard work of two seasons behind the scenes and manolo marquez has a lot i mean he deserves the credit for whatever he's done with this team bringing in veterans i mean he if you see his team selection moving on with the foreign contingent they first signed bartholomew obeche now obeche is a proven striker but he did not get game time at mumbai last season but he chipped in there when he um, like manolo marquez brought in the players who are exceptionally good but did not get playing time in the previous clubs Edu Garcia for reference uh, then Ogbeche uh, Juanan who who like who were released by their previous clubs and Hyderabad just took the opportunity brought them in and they have done wonders for them and their indian core i mean that i think they have the best indian side in the league the best indian core ashish akash then then there's chinglen sana there's yasir and the list goes on and on and then i mean that's the improvement you would want in an icl team if you ask me the team which has improved the most in the last two years it has to be hyderabad fc now moving on to kerala blasters like they've had the best indian boys around if not the best one of the best in the last four seasons they've brought in players who have done exceptionally well in the i league in local leagues and they've given them chances but what did not stood out for them was their foreign players which which have done extremely well this season under ivan rukmanovic so ivan deserves a lot of credit for kind of you know giving this team a breath of new fresh air which which has turned the tables for them like they beat mumbai city fc 3-0 i mean who would have imagined that like everyone expected them to either draw or just you know kind of lose like the way they started the season it was a 4-2 defeat to atk mohan bagan but since then they went on i think a 12 match unbeaten run 10 or 12 match unbeaten run which was actually very well if you compare the standards from last four seasons they did not make it to the playoffs and since 2016 they haven't made it but i think they'll make it this season and bengaluru again they've chipped in into the picture out of the blue the blues have chipped in out of the so that's the thing which i have to say and of course marco pezzioli he it took time for the boys to you know kind of understand his uh, the type of gameplay he wants them to play but ever since that has happened i think they they've looked unstoppable they defeated almost everyone like they defeated mumbai kerala blasters and did well against jamshedpur as well they defeated jamshedpur actually they've defeated 
all the three teams which are alongside them in the top four. And like talking about Jamshedpur again, the same story. They have had good performances, but have never really delivered the playoff spot which the fans would have wanted them in the last four seasons. But I think this could be very well. Their season, this could very well be their season because Owen Coyle. I mean, his foreign recruits and Indian boys have stepped up to the occasion, and I think they have done extremely well. And they should. They deserve. They deserve it. They deserve the top four position this season. Greg Stewart. I mean, he has been the best foreign signing this season. That guy just came in from the Scottish Premier League and has chipped in wonderful goals. I mean, he just scores worldies. He like he's not into tapping some stuff. He'll only score wonderful goals, and he assists. He plays. I mean, he does everything for them. And he has been kind of the missing piece to their puzzle, if you ask me, which they have lacked over the years. A creative midfielder, a creative goal-scoring midfielder, to be very honest. And that has somewhat replicated. Like that has somewhat changed the things. Like drastically for Jamshedpur FC, so that's what uh, that has happened in the top for this season. You mentioned uh, the p- fact about um, the Indian contingent uh, kind of changing the fortunes of the clubs that are performing the best in um, in this season, and that kind of explains. I mean, that tells me good things about Indian football. Is is that uh, something that clubs who are not performing probably or even the AFF or the whole league in, in general should take into account, uh, especially going forward, especially when, you know, they play in their home home grounds and, um, you know, in the next couple of seasons, especially with you know, the whole uh, thing with relegation promotion happening. What, what do you guys think about that? Uh, yeah, I can say so. Uh, I see, I can uh, say from the perspective of of uh, say SE is Bengal. If I may use them as an example, uh, as Ayash uh, said that you know uh, this year the foreigner foreigner rule was uh, implemented where you can't have more than four playing at one time. Uh, if you see from uh, say SE is Bengal's point of view, I think that is one thing which they got grossly wrong. I know it's an Indian football league, but still it is uh, very much dependent on uh, foreign players as well. So yeah, so I think if you don't get that right, you really can't uh, depend solely on Indian players, even though that should be the whole point. But again, as uh, we saw, we've been saying that this time uh, that has come out more, and you know, uh, teams like ATK Mumbai, Jamshedpur, and other teams, uh, they have uh, and Hyderabad FC as well, as we pointed out, that they have shown that yes, there are good enough uh, Indian players to play in an Indian league. But I think. Uh, that being said, every team, at least for again a few more seasons, I would assume that they will need to, you know, have a good balance of uh, this foreigner and Indian players, uh, or maybe you know maybe have that thing in mind that yes, we will get five six good foreigners and then try to build our team around that. At least for some time, we try to get some Indian youth, which we have seen like you know uh, people like Liston Kolaso, Kian Nasiri, how they have uh, come up on a, in a big way. So, yeah, I think that is what I think regarding this uh, Indian condition and foreign condition dichotomy in this case. Right. Ujjad Yash mentioned uh, how BFC has benefited as well uh, with this coming into this season. What are your, your, what are your thoughts on that? 
speaking specifically of uh, BFC, like Yash mentioned, yeah, like we've had reliance on foreign players for quite a while, but right now with them going like uh, the Durant Cup, I'll, I'll speak of the Durant Cup for this, right? Durant Cup is a place where you scout the best amount of Indian talent, and that is where we found out a lot of players. So in that sense, right, uh, that has helped the. Uh, BFC in the ISL a lot. Now, one of the biggest, the main finds is, of course, Roshan. Roshan this time! And Roshan with a royal finish! He's let the young man take it, Chetri has! And he has responded! Uh, Roshan has, I, I think he will probably be making it to the Indian team as well very soon because of the kind of performances that he's been delivering, right? Right, since the Durant Cup. Uh, speaking of uh, fullbacks, he's the first one that comes to mind because he he's good with both feet and uh, he's ha- he has six assists right now, right? It's one of the highest in the league. And uh, that after, you know, years of searching, not years, especially last year, right? BFC had a, a big issue with their fullbacks. Uh, our main fullback was Ashik Kurunian and he had an injury in between. So because of that, there had to be some rotations like Rahul Bike, who currently plays for Mumbai City. He had to be played on the uh, flanks, which was not really, it was not a feasible solution for BFC because there, a lot of changes had to be made like that. And people had to be played out of position, especially on the defensive line. And for BFC, this is where the Durant Cup and Indian talent helped. So for me, the biggest find that way is Roshan. And apart from Roshan as well, uh, we have players like Parag, who delivered another stunning performance last uh, last game. Right? Um, he made one brilliant goal line clearance, which if not for that, right, if not for that, and maybe a couple of more saves by Gurpreet, uh, for the fortune could have turned against BFC. So that way, right, although a lot of, uh, I had seen a lot of articles, I watched a lot of videos about, you know, some sort of criticism against the four foreigners rule, at least in terms of how it would change the ISL in terms of entertainment, right? So there were a lot of people saying that clubs will struggle a lot because uh, initially, if you see the league, uh, clubs conceded a lot of goals. There was one game, uh, Odisha versus, um, I'm not sure who exactly, it, it, the scoreline was 6-4, 6-4 or 5-4. Right. So that itself should, uh, you know, those kind of uh, rumors and conspiracies surrounding that saying that uh, not having more foreign players will just ruin the league or some saying it will increase entertainment and like the sole purpose of uh, trying to build Indian football will be lost out and stuff like that. So there are a lot of theories floating about this. But I personally think that's not the case. Uh, You see over time right now, uh, clubs are being forced to use Indian talent, right? And that's a really good sign. And through that, every club is delivering such sort of talent. And Roshan is just one example. Hyderabad have what Akash, uh, Ashish, like some of the best fullbacks in the country. So every team is being uh, forced to, you know, bring out the best from their Indian talent. In that way, I see this rule as a real benefit and that uh, Indian football also is benefiting a lot. Interesting points there. So we talked about BFC, we talked about Kerala, we talked about Hyderabad. Um, We'll come to the theme from Kolkata in just a bit, uh, but we'll start with the teams who are kind of underperforming. And um, Yash, platform is yours again. Uh, we'll talk about Northeast United. What's happening with them? Yeah, to be honest, I mean, things have gone from bad to worse for Northeast United this season. Because if you see, if you have a look at how things began, like, okay, before I'm not talking about, let's before talking about the football things, let's go to the off-season, which is the transfer window. So, see, if you ask me, my first initial thoughts about Northeast United this season were a mid-table finish would have been okay or appreciatable considering what they've done last season. They finished third last season. And they let go of their 
entire foreign movie, entire foreign contention except for two, which is Federico. Uh, no, actually three: Deshawn Brown, Federico Gallego, and Khasa Kamal. And they they actually brought in good players. Hernan Fontana, he won the ISL with Mumbai last season, so he came into the picture. Then they brought in uh, this guy, Mateus Correa. He's played in League One, then Martinique International, and then Patrick Flatman from Australia. Uh, so this like the season began. It was a four-two defeat to Bengaluru. Fair bits and pieces of what Northeast United can offer. It was like a all Indian pack four because Patrick was out with some injury in the first game, and then Federico was out. So they just had four foreigners available that that game, which is two strikers and two midfielders, two defensive midfielders and two strikers. So considering that they played really well, like they. BFC, BFC scored the first goal. They came back one-one. Then BFC scored again. Then they came back two-two. But after that, it was like all downwards. But okay, let then moving on to the next game. They had they displayed a better performance against Taylor Blasters. It was a zero-zero nil-nil scoreline. Third game, two-one, and which was the fourth game? Their first win of the season against FC Goa. Kasagamara scored in the in the last minute, ninety plus three. The winner. It was a two-one win. But that was when I thought that, you know, things might get easy a bit, a bit easier now. But the following day, Northeast announced that Federico Gallego won't continue for the rest of the season since he has picked up an injury. It was like he picked up an injury against Chennai in the third game, so it was a knee injury. So he'll have to go through a surgery. So that was where, you know, just four games into the season, my initial thoughts were, Gallego is injured. Your season is over. Because that's the player you've built your team around. If you look at the last four seasons, no Northeast United FC player has played has played for Northeast United in the current squad for the last four seasons, other than Federico Gallego. They've like they've trusted that man so much that they he was injured for uh, I think he uh, he was injured in the 1920 season for more than six like uh, for majority of the season, but they still signed him. You know that faith was there. With him, and he delivered that season a goal and an assist. But of course, he was owing uh, like nursing a very big and major injury, which was I think a fractured foot. Which uh, like then he came back stronger. And last season he was amazing: five goals, six assists, four goals, six assists to be very precise. Then I mean, Northeast again replayed their trust. But Gallego has kind of become injury prone. With age, ever since that injury in the semi-final against Bengaluru FC, it's become a lot more injury-prone. And if your main player is out, I mean, they have built their team around Federico Gallego. And if your main player is out, I think your season is over then and there. Of course, you the fans can speak that of oh, we brought in replacements and all of that, but that's not the case. Let's be realistic. Your season is kind of over when your main player is only out. They they again they dropped in good performances after that. Bad performances as well. What I've felt like the 16 games they played, 16 games they find themselves on the bottom of the table. Their defense has been the main problem with them. Scoring goals is not, it's not a problem for Northeast United. They've dropped around 12 or 14 points from winning positions this season. And if you think they have 10 points right now, 12 and 14 points would have seen them into top four. Like you know, top four. I mean. With Jamshed, with more points than Bengaluru, uh, not not Bengaluru, but Mumbai City FC. But they've conceded goals like I think 36 or 35 goals just in 16 games. 
So defense has been their problem. Scoring goals is not their problem, but conceding is. I think next season. The first problem was that they did not sign a proper center back. They did sign Patrick Rothman, but he's not very much experienced. He's just a young Aussie who's very, who's very much inexperienced. Plus, they signed Hernan. I think Hernan is a makeshift center back who can only play well if he has a solid center back alongside him. But that was not the case. Patrick and Hernan was that was a total flop center back partnership, in my opinion. They've tried around ten center back partnerships this season. All of them have been flop. Like it's just totally shit, if you ask me. Then they've brought in this uh, Zakaria Diallo. He looked good in the first game, but then he, in the next game he conceded five goals, and I don't consider him to be a very good defender. I mean, he has had time to settle down. Then they've brought in Marcelino, Marco Sahanek, all of that. But all of that has not helped them at all. Deshaun Brown has been nursing an injury for quite some time. Like that guy, I I'll tell you what has happened with him. He comes in, he score, he plays for two, three games, scores three goals, and then he's injured for two games. This season, he scored against Mumbai a hat trick. The following game, he scored a brace, and the next game, he's injured. He missed four games since then, and now this United season is all, almost over because they did not have a good striker. I mean, the striker has scored goals, but he's not. Present every time the team needs him. He's most of the time nursing an injury, just like Dembélé does for Barcelona. So he's kind of an injury-prone player as well. So injuries have played a major role. And I, at any given day, I'll never blame Khalid Jamil for what has happened to this team. The management has not backed him completely. I mean, they have, but you sign your players on the last day of the transfer window. Like who does that? I mean, every every club is done with their business, and then you come out and then sign players who are left in the market. That's not it. How it's done. So I'll say that Northy should stick with Khalid Jamil if they want a better result next season. Because I don't see any player, any coach coming in and taking them to the top four next season other than Khalid Jamil. He knows Indian football better than all of the coaches who are present there in the ISL right now in the scenario. No one knows Indian football and Indian boys better than him. So, in my opinion, they should stick with them, stick with him, and should see what can change their season. Get a couple of good Indian signings. A Indian centre back to be very precise. A good Indian centre back ball is ball playing or not ball playing doesn't matter. But a good Indian centre back and a few good overseas signings, and they're they're good to go for uh, competing with the top four teams. So, I feel. Injuries and they've had they've been very unlucky with what has happened with them, like COVID nineteen cases, games not being postponed for them, irrespective of, like uh, unlike other teams who've got the advantage of games being postponed with with COVID nineteen cases. I'll tell you, like Northeast did not train for four days and they come out and play against Odisha. Like they are like that's the season, like that's what that's the kind of season they've had. So I think that game should have been postponed. They too deserve some rest. Like if they play without practice, then injury already they're struggling with injuries. More injuries means more problems for the management. So this is the season where I think they'll finish in the bottom two. I think somehow if they manage to somehow get the better of East Bengal, a tenth place finish is all I can see from here on with four game games to go. And I think they should stick with Khalid Jamil for going moving forward. Oh, that was something. Thanks, Yash. Thanks for that. It was interesting and insightful about Northeast. Yeah. Um. So we will move on to FC Goa then. Um. Before we again, like I said, head to the theme from Kolkata. 
So before we go there, uh, we'll go to the West Coast and uh, talk about FC Goa. Not the best for them as well. One of the teams who have underperformed. What do you guys think of FC Goa and about uh, Derek Pereira's men? Uh, could they have done a little better than what they are doing? Yeah, so uh, basically Goa, see, before the season began, right, we had a lot of expectations, of course. In fact, Everybody thought this would be a year of, say, redemption for Goa. But uh, see, it's not like they are a bad team as such, right? That's not the case at all. Uh, They have been very unlucky in many ways. And of course, they've had their flaws as well. But uh, imagine losing your uh, coach in between. I mean, even before that, they did have issues. But uh, that was also another uh, concept uh, concept that affected uh, FC Goa. So uh, Juan Ferrando, who was the coach uh, prior, uh, he was replaced, right, by Derek Pereira. And that's not like it's like a major uh, deviation from their philosophy. And that is why they're able to right now cope up. Because, see, uh, what happens usually is after there's a, a sudden replacement. And United is one of the biggest examples of that. When you have a sudden replacement and suddenly there's a complete change in philosophy, you'll have a lot of issues. But in Goa, I don't think that's the case. Derek Pereira, he is he knows everything about FC Goa. And that is why they're able to somehow uh, catch up. And recently, they picked up a final win. I mean, how how who? would have imagined that after all of this they suddenly pick up a f- final win right so um goa it's a very sort of uh, hmm, they've had a very weird season if i have to be very honest it's a very weird season for them started off pretty bad and then they had a few wins in between and some draws and yeah all of that has collectively led to what uh, they are at the moment and yeah for, according to me at, at least uh, i feel it's some sort of inconsistency and luck and also in terms of COVID as well, they had been impacted uh, a bit. So I see a lot of factors coming into play, but I certainly don't think that they are a, you know, it, they're a bad team as such. I do not consider them to be that because they have a proven history in the ISL of being one of the most consistent. This is just one of bad luck. Yeah, uh, so like like Vijit mentioned that everyone expected that this would be a season of redemption for them. Like they won the Durant Cup and I think Nothing else than winning than a winning a nothing else than winning a trophy is a statement of intent to other teams mm. moving into the season. And who like they lost three games, opening three games against Jamshedpur, Mumbai, and Northeast. So that was, I think, but still that was not that was an early blow. I would say still they had a lot of time to come back. But what went wrong, according to me, is that the change of head coach. The team which FC Goa have right now is purely based on Juan Ferrando's philosophy with all the players. They are not Derek Pereira's chosen players. They are Juan Ferrando's chosen players and every manager has a different style, different players that he wants in his system. So I think that's the reason they've struggled for some time. But of course, like they they took off, like uh, they pulled off a 5-0 victory against Chennai and uh, like if probably one of the best defensive sides this season. But still, it's okay. I mean, it's one season doesn't mean that you're a bad team. They have been the most consistent team in the IFL. Like, the most consistent, if you ask me, it has to be FC Goa. So, and I think they'll still pull off a good finish, a mid, good mid-table finish. If, because a top four finish is very much unrealistic, if you ask me. Because you can see the the competition which is already going on in the top four and they find themselves at the eighth or ninth position right now. So competing with just four games to go, I don't think they can, even if they pull off four points, like 12 points in four games, it's not realistic that they'll make it to the playoffs or something. 
but a mid table finish would be the best thing for derek pereira this season because they, he can build up on that mid table finish next season see like overnight success is not something you will want in your team which is not it can actually not happen in football football is a sport which requires time and patience so if and i'm pretty sure fc goa will be patient with derek pereira because he's if like he's a club icon i would say he's done so much for the club so they'll definitely show their faith in him sign better players and i don't like not better players but the players will fit in in derek pereira's system because right now they like not all the players will fit into his system i'll not name anyone because that will be a bit disrespect, disrespectful for everyone so yeah but next season i they should just give him the set of players he needs so that they can improvise you know um, their position on the table i'm pretty sure they'll come back strong the next season interesting Let's see what happens next time around for fc goa um and finally we wrap it up with our coming to rajdeep uh, we'll talking about the team from kolkata both atk mohan bagan and sc east bengal uh, rajdeep if i can have a couple of your words on on atk before we uh, talk about you know what's gone wrong with uh, their neighbors in sc east bengal what do you think yeah so i feel uh, as for atk as well they started their uh, think they won their first match against i think it was kerala where they won 4-2 and after that like they at that point of them they had antonio habas as their coach who is i think one of the most decorated managers the isl has ever seen uh, i think he won it uh, three times with atk before uh, the merger uh, which happened with mohan bagan so uh, i think maybe maybe he, he has been he had been too long in the club or maybe his his philosophy was not you know matching the players he had but then i think once uh, one fernando fernando came i think uh, he started playing his brand of football which is you know very possessive based as far as i can uh, speak and i think after that they have done really well especially you know incorporating indian talent such as listen kolas or manveer singh you know and there are a lot of uh, seasoned players at the back as well like pitam kotal subahi both so i think they have done really well to you know come back from that slump and also as as i think yashan mujin said that changing a coach mid season is obviously very tough but i think uh, they have managed it pretty well and now they are obviously in contention for top four place and i think they can do it if they continue to build on uh, what they have that's what i feel right and what do you think about uh, the team that you cover sc is bengal I honestly don't know where to begin with that because uh, it's there's a lot to unpack there. I just and at the very outset, I just like to say that like uh, well, you know, being a being being from Kolkata, you know, as, as East Bengal, Mumbai has been something which I've been following since childhood. But maybe maybe not properly. But you know, I used to watch these derbies with my family, and I would I I still remember this one line I would say because. I've been watching uh, the likes of EPL since I was in uh, you know junior, junior school or middle school, but when I would watch these uh, derbies, I think one line I remember I would say is that why are they just pinging long balls? Why are they not playing through the middle? Mm-hmm. You know because uh, you watch European football, you expect that. So yeah, so I started uh, properly you know focusing on FC Bengal from this season, and I would I studied them prior uh, the start of the season, and I saw that. last year also uh, i think uh, 
when they uh, made their debut with the ISL, they had Robbie Fowler at the helm, mm-hmm. and even then they had a very bad season. Uh, they had only I think three or three wins uh, in their twenty matches uh, last season, and and I still see uh, angry fans commenting, "Just go back to I League. You don't like you just you not because I think that is very important to uh, understand here that I think their transition from I League to ISL has been very uh, hastily done." Uh, because I think the primary uh, problem in their club is the top management. Because we see that there's a lot of problem when it comes to their sponsors, that they don't have a very you know stable relationship with that, which also factors in a lot when you t- think about this uh, about the transfers, which I'll come to now. So the club has gone through three coach changes throughout the season. Right now they are in their third coach. They started out with the Spaniard Manolo Diaz, which who came in after uh, Robbie Fowler left uh, after the after the last season. So recently he came out in an interview, uh, which he is denying that he has been misconstrued. But he said that uh, he was given he was given close to no time uh, to do to deal with his transfers, which which can be seen which was seen on the pitch because the six players who were uh, who were brought in uh, by the club? They had it was as if you know, like last moment they just had to bring in six players, six foreign players, and just got them. And maybe it was that. Maybe it's the fact that uh, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of things which were lost in translation between the coach and the players because that was being seen. That was very visible on the pitch. There was so much confusion. Like I, I literally saw that he was playing the likes of uh, Amarjit Singh, who's a midfielder. Even uh, a Dutch midfielder uh, whose name is a uh, Dutch Sidiol, a uh, da- sorry Darren Sidiol, and he was playing them as strikers. So I don't know what was going on at that point of time. So, but things uh, went from bad to worse, and then they sort of asked him to leave. And then came uh, I think an ex-Indian player under the name of Randy Singh, who I think did a very good job when he came in. He sort of Took the reins and sort of stabilized everything because one important thing which was very uh, very problematic factor was their defense because I think as Ujjain said that six four uh, match uh, was against SCS Bengal so they were you know uh, conceding a lot of goals even against uh, ATK Mohan Bagan in their first derby they conceded three goals so I think when Randy Singh came in. He fixed that very well. He incorporated the likes of Adil Khan, who was who was not really played at all uh, under Manolo Diaz, and you know he was uh, one of the star players under his three-four match reign. Where uh, so, if you would you know like to draw a sort of a plan about how things have progressed in this club in terms of their coaches. So if you look at Manolo Diaz, there's been nothing but confusion and instability and inconsistency. But then when you come to Renity Singh, he fixed the defense, but still the goals were not there because he he I think he had most of his uh, matches come out as draws and he lost once. Great header, great goal. Samboy Halkin has given East Bengal an absolutely dream start here against his old club. Just his second start of the campaign. The red and blue gold were great, and rocking it at Bamberg. 
This is almost exactly from the Renity Singh playbook. This was him in the old days, whipping in these free kicks from the right flank. Just out of that playbook, brilliant, brave header from Semboy Haukip against his old side. We had a... But he did well to draw against like the uh, Mumbai City and also I think Bengaluru. Now the coach which we have right now is Mario Rivera, who has some experience uh, dealing with SEs Bengal. I think he was coach back in 2018-19 season in I League, and they were in a similar situation that they were towards bottom, but he helped them uh, get in the top four. So, but uh, so yeah, right now the situation is that again. Uh, uh, similar to Northeast, uh, obviously out of contention. Uh, all they can do is try to win their remaining matches, which again I see is highly unlikely. But uh, but I think they have uh, Rivera has gotten a few players. Uh, he's gotten uh, a Brazilian striker, uh, the name of Marcelo Ribeiro, and also a Spanish midfielder called Fran Sota. And I think. Uh, after he has come in, one of the things which has bettered Manifold is that they have become uh, more brave going forward. They don't think too much. And uh, and we've seen the goals come in, even though ultimately it results in a loss or even a draw. But I think we have seen that curve happening. So uh, I think the best they can hope for is, I think, maybe a 10th place finish. Uh, because that's all I can see for them right now. Because even we have some tough... I think right now, any fixture is tough for us. So, yeah, I think next season, I think they should stick with Rivera because he knows what the club is about. He's been with them through thick and thin. So, uh, all I think they need is a good transfer window and to uh, manage their top... Uh, you know, management and fix their sponsors because that is the very base. If they get that right and they get that uh, their transfers right, they already have a good manager at hand. So that being said, I think next season can be much better if they think if they can sort these things out. Hmm. I think listening to you and Yash both it, it towards the end was sort of a was a common theme when you both kind of brought mentioned the management and how they dealt with uh, the managers and the transfers and could not get the right players for them. Obviously, in East Bengal's case, this is the third manager, so that's pretty, I don't know, shambolic, if I can say that. But in terms of players, and if you both mention, you both suggest that, you know, if you if they stick by their, their current manager and they get them the right players, probably next season will not be as bad. And, and you both of you are kind of hoping that you finish 10th above the team at the bottom. <laughs> but yeah, good that uh, this is, uh, we had a good discussion about the teams at the bottom there. Uh, we did kind of uh, miss out on them. I mean, not exactly missed out because we will talk about the doors in the middle. Uh, we are set yet to discuss about Jamshedpur FC, Mumbai City FC, Orissa FC, and Chennai. Um, they're kind of stuck in the middle, um, but I think for the, especially teams of you know Jamshedpur and Mumbai City, both even Odisha, I think, do have a realistic chance of entering the top four. Um, I don't know about Chennai, just kind of a little behind, maybe not too sure, but at least for those three. Uh, any thoughts from you guys on uh, maybe what are the, their chances? What could have gone better? 
especially Mumbai City FC being the current uh, ISL champions. So, like, like I mentioned in the very beginning of the podcast, that you know, this season the teams which are in the top four, their Indian contingent has stepped up to the occasion. And I'll not like I've already talked about Jamshedpur, so I won't go in detail about them now. Like these three teams: Mumbai City FC, Odisha, and Chennai. So these are the three teams. If you look apart from the top four, the rest seven teams, all of them have struggled with Indian teams. Their Indian play, like a lack of good Indian core, has haunted them throughout the season, and that's the reason they are not in a good position. Last season, Mumbai had a very star-studded foreign contingent. That was the reason they went to the final and they eventually won it. And I'm not saying that Indian players are not good, but they were like, you know, this is the season where their incapabilities are being, you know, disclosed in front of everyone. We can see the gaps and all of that. Last season it was not the case because they had star-studded foreign players. Adam Lafondra came from the A League, top scorer there. Then Ogbeche, top scorer. I think the second the uh, silver boot contestant for the last the previous season. Then they had Hernan Santana coming in from the second division. Then Murtada Fall FC Goa. He won the league winner shield. Ahmed Jahu, Obumu. And like, you know, the list goes on, goes on and on, Sai Godard and all of that. But this season, they've struggled with their Indian players. And also because I'll say this Buckingham was, it was too early to hand this Buckingham the head coach role right now because he's not had the experience Sergio Obera had. I mean, Sergio Obera, I mean, he's done wonders in Indian football. He's won every trophy in Indian football, which, which was there, like Super Cup, League Winner Shield, twice, then the... Champions Trophy, like in the Indian Super League trophy, so that was a pretty a kind of downgrade from them. Like if you compare the stature of Sergio Lopera, and then they, you kind of degrade yourself, not degrade, but then you kind of change yourself to Des Buckingham. So that that was a big minus for Mumbai, and their Indian players have not been good this season. I like that's a truth we, which we need to accept, and their foreign players have also been kind of inconsistent in replicating the form what the previous season the foreigners did. Like, Igor Angulo has scored goals. Okay, I'll, I'll accept that. But other than who, then other than him, who else has done good? I mean, Ahmed Jahu, he does good things very often. But then where is uh, Casio Gabriel? What has Murtada Fall done? I mean, they've lost four games and drawn four. Like, that's not something... I'll tell you just... I'll just take one game for reference. It was a game against Northeast United. So, North East scored the first goal. It was a 1-0. Then, Mumbai scored within two minutes. Like, it was 1-1. Then, Mumbai scored 2-1 in the next half. No, it was in the same half. And then, next half, they scored 3-1. And then, would you believe me that they dropped a winning position from 3-1 and they went on to draw 3-3? They should not score the hat-trick. And that tells you about how weak they have been with their Indian players. They, They don't have the quality which requires which the Indian Super League requires right now. The Indian players don't have it. They need to work upon it. Moving on to Odisha, same case, a foreign players driven team. Indian players, see, there are Indian players, but they're inexperienced. They'll It will take time for them to get into the mix and, and kind of develop themselves. That It will take a bit of time. So, they are a team which is in transition. They've done pretty well from what they did last season. I think they will they finished last, last season. I conceded so many goals were poor throughout the season, but this season, of course, they've brought in a better game this on the table. But still, it will need some time for them. But see, the 
if you see indian super league over the years the only problem you will see with clubs is continuity they don't tend to continue with managers they sack the managers midway if they don't get the results it's like they want results overnight and i've already already mentioned that results don't happen overnight so hyderabad fc trusted manolo marquez and that is the reason they are at the top this season kerala blasters will have to trust ivan mukomanovic even if he did not deliver results this season because he has kind of shown what he brings to the team you know mm. yeah and then uh, moving to chennai i'm really not sure what has happened i'm i'm actually i have to sit back and think what went wrong for them i mean they were the best team in the first half of the season like they were in the top four the best defensive team the defenders were so solid they did not let in goals but something has just not gone their way they even brought in nerius valskis who won the gold uh, like golden boot with them in in his first season they brought him in the january window and of course you would expect them to get more better with the inclusion of valskis but they've only become they've only taken the wrong turn from there on valskis has not scored ever since he has come to chennai and their indian players again like i mentioned indian players is the reason why clubs are struggling this season they are not used to you know this seven foreign seven indian players rule so they tend to hide their mistakes like uh, the uh, the individual brilliance of foreigners kinds of overshadows the lack of quality of indian players in the top four teams which were there in the previous seasons other than fc goa last season top four other than fc goa none of the teams had a good indian contingent like all the teams have good in a couple of good indian players but they don't have a strong indian contingent which hyderabad fc have and hyderabad fc's indian contingent has actually leveled themselves with the foreign players that they have it's like they it things go hand in hand between both of them but other teams if you see mumbai odisha chennai the foreign players are only doing the thing for them indian players if you ask me who's the top score indian top goal scorer for uh, mumbai city i think vikram is there with three or four goals and igor angulo has scored some eight or nine goals and mumbai should have actually gone for a better defensive replacement in the window they have instead mm-hmm. brought a new striker for them they'll represent india at the champions league and this is not something you expect from a club like mumbai city fc you know the networks of manchester city melbourne city the city football group you expect better from them and i'll definitely expect a lot more better than what fc goa did in the afc champions league from them i expect them to be to go past the group stages and see mumbai city if they did their homework well in the off season they shouldn't have let go hanan santana i mean he's a player they should have never let go of and if they would have done their homework i think they could have won the afc champions league i know i'm making a big statement right now but they have the quality they mm-hmm. had the quality and they've kind of the champions mindset they've not continued it if they retained their core from last season they've let go their key players hugo bumu i understand football is a business at the end of the day but still you have if the results don't come in i don't think you can run the football club so they've actually struggled with their indian players big time and i don't see them giving a better performance in the afc champions league than afc goa did last season because they have a tougher group with the best teams of asia like the best teams of iraq and saudi arabia so i don't see them giving a good account of themselves in the champions league odisha the case is same they need to build upon what's around their indian players and i'll think they can do better somewhat what somewhat like what hyderabad fc did this season they can do better in the next two seasons and chennai i'm short of words for them because 
I I don't know what has hit them, and their Indian players have not stepped up to the occasion. They've they've let go of Changte, and Vasquez is not scoring goals. Their foreign players' incapabilities are being displayed now. Damianovic, he's the only bright spark I see. Ariel is not good. I mean, he's good, but then he, if the team is not getting the performances, how can you claim that your team is good? I mean, you get thrashed by FC Goa, who haven't won for the last five games. Five zero. If if Hyderabad FC would have scored five zero, five past them, I would have considered it for once. That of course Hyderabad FC are in the top of the table. Even Kerala Blast, I would have considered that. But a team sitting in the bottom three, that team comes up out of nowhere and scores five past you. What what explanation do you have against this? I mean. Things are, and I don't see them making it to the playoffs either. In my opinion, the top four will be Kerala Blasters. I think they can finish first because they have two games in hand. They'll right. play today. Right, then right. Hyderabad, then Jamshedpur, and either ATK Mohanbagan or Bengaluru. I don't see Mumbai going to the top four either. And that's my opinion of the mid-table things. Right. I was about to come to this question about prediction for playoffs. So, yes, I've already mentioned this. But before I, you know, go to Ujjant and Rajdeep about the predictions, uh, uh, sticking to the mid-table teams, again, who've kind of underperformed and even those below them. And uh, the whole thing about this discussion has been around the Indian contingent. Do you guys feel that the clubs understand and have realized that this needs to be fixed and the recruitment needs to be fixed if they are to you know get better going forward? Especially with team, more teams probably coming in the next couple of seasons and with promotion relegation. Stuff like that. Uh, how they are they working on you know <clears throat> getting their organization far right in terms of recruitment for a better performances going forward? Go ahead, Ujjant. Yeah. So as I said, for me, it's uh, quite straightforward. Uh, those who have learned to adapt to this uh, system, like with this reduction in foreign players over the years, uh, they have done well. Those who have not yet. They're struggling to do that. That's literally how I see it, right? So, again, you might again uh, see a complete shift in the next season's table, next uh, season standings. What's the reason? Again, you have different signings. You have, like, uh, major transfers and stuff. There's a revamp. And whoever learns to utilize their Indians well, I think they will uh, be at the top. So, that's how... That's the simple explanation for me uh, as to why some are at the bottom and some are at the top. Mm. Go ahead, yes, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll just like to add what Ujjain said. The ones who will know how to in, use well their Indian players, they'll succeed. And that's the reason I want Derek Pereira and Khalid Jamil to continue in the ISL. You know, mm. no one knows Indian football better than them. And if FC Goyen or these want a good season, they'll have to rely on their Indian contingent rather than making their playing play like a team around a foreign player. They have to make it around Indian players, young Indian players who can and kind of, you know, the problem with, there are a lot of problems with Northeast United. They're not financially the biggest club in the ISL. They have a single, they're the only club who is not a corporate backed club. Other teams are backed by corporates, JSW, City Football Group and all, all of that. But Northeast is owned by a single owner, John Abraham. So they've struggled a bit with keeping a hold of their key players. And of course, players have not given, like, players have not done their part either. But that's a diff- completely different story. That's more of so of transfer talks. But yeah, if teams want to succeed, they need to have a good Indian head coach. I mean, Indians leading ISL clubs is what we all want to see. Right. At the end of the day, it's a league of foreign. Of course, foreign players are the silver lining. But the name itself says Indian Super League. 
so you want if you if the if your coaches don't lead the ifl teams i don't think of india can become a footballing nation anytime soon because if we want to become a footballing nation we have to start from scratch and starting from scratch is coaching players will come and go but if you don't develop coaches who can lead the teams in the future there's no point of you know kind of playing bringing in this foreign coaches for just for you know fancy kind of doing this fancy things because indian coaches are the ones who can get you to glory we can we have seen this this season derek parera has got wins of course any dising did not get wins but he still did pretty good in my opinion he surpassed everyone's expectations and khalid jamil i won't say anything he's won the i league against all odds i mean that was a season no one expected ayzol to win it last season no one expected northeast to go to the top 4 i mean they finished third position they were like um, khalid came in in the 12th game of the season northeast was sitting somewhere around 7th in the table they were khalid comes in they go on a three match winning streak they defeat jamshedpur who are in the top 4 this season they defeat mumbai city fc who were the eventual champions who like uh, who were on a 12 match unbeaten run that season like uh, northeast beat mumbai in the first game then mumbai go on a 12 match unbeaten run again northeast beat them so that's what i'm talking about that indian play- coaches can do wonders if they have uh, if they get the their fair ch- uh, share of chances but what do you think about you know foreign coaches coming in and implementing uh, ideas which are probably alien to you know the indian coaches and uh, helping coaching the indian players a lot better than what the current set of indian coaches can what are your thoughts on that see like uh, i if you ask me foreign coaches are good they have a uefa coaching degree which is not anyone's cup of tea but then you are talking about a league which is not so mature right now mm. still in its growing stages so you have to look at the players who make majority of it which is indian players mm. foreign players don't make majority of the league they i think make around 20 or 30% of the league i'm talking just about 20. coaches coaches and not just not players just coaches Player, coaches who can coach these indian players in the in the best possible way i know like i agree to the point about you know, the league being a little diff, a lot different than you know what these ufa licensed coaches are kind of used to and have you know played in and coached in as well but uh, maybe implementing their ideas will it not benefit the indian players and the league in itself see that is what i'm coming coming to indian coaches know indian players very well the ca- communication right. gap is never there correct i'll, I'll just take uh, manolo diaz as example he was a spanish speaking coach so the communication gap was huge yeah like it was huge he couldn't communicate with his players they had good players indian players i mean i see if any other coach who knew english or who could have communicated with them would have got the best out of them or if an indian coach would have got the best out of them but that was not the case the communication gap was lacking all the time then again speaking about kiko remires from odisha fc who just got sacked midway through the season he did not know english he was a spanish speaking person so he he also had the communication gap of things so that is where things go wrong for foreign coaches right. see they have the skills they have what it takes but they don't know indian players they don't know where indian players come from Mm. Indian coaches know how much Indian players struggle to make it to the IFL. They know their struggles. They know yeah. how what they have been through. So you know all of this plays a key role then and gives Indian coaches a bit of edge against their foreign counterparts in training Indian players and getting the best out of them. That's a valid point. That's a very valid point. Yeah. 
Good. Right. So we come to the last few questions of this of uh, this podcast, guys. Uh, first and foremost, um, you know the impact of COVID on uh, the whole schedule, the tournament. Obviously, you know the mental health of players in being stuck in a in a hotel room for a month, like months, not even one month, one months. Um, I did it for 14 days and I got, I, it was horrible. Uh, so what do you guys have, you know, been covering or read about from, from coming from players? Uh, obviously they have been impacted, players have, uh, matches have been postponed, the, the whole uh, schedule is in disarray. But uh, what, what, what more light can you share on uh, the impact that COVID has had and how uh, the ISL has kind of dealt with it? Good, yes. Uh, yeah, I would like to say that I feel uh, at this uh, in the current scenario, I think uh, if you, especially in a country like India, uh, if you want a sporting, such like a sporting event to go on without, you know, fans and everything, then I think this bubble is needed. But that being said, again, uh, if not done properly, it can obviously uh, result in dire consequences. We recently saw that in, you know, in uh, the AFC Women's Asian Cup that uh, because of that uh, whole tournament uh, sort of yeah, uh, cancelled but uh, yeah as you said that I think uh, we saw a lot of uh, players coming out and speaking about uh, the impact uh, mentally we saw uh, a lot of foreign players as well uh, and also uh, Indian captain Chetri he also said that it's been I think there are a lot of players whose main message was like, uh, if you know somebody inside the bubble, just reach out to them and just talk to them. Just, just say that, uh, how are you doing? Or just because, uh, as you said, players and coaches alike, I think everybody who's been in the bubbles have been away from the families for like three, four months now. So obviously it does have an impact, an adverse impact uh, in, uh, in your mind as well as your physique and everything. But that being said, uh, if you want the tournament to happen, that is needed by bubble, even though it is very detrimental to your being. But uh, yeah, I think that's the harsh truth that it is needed yet, obviously, again. So hopefully next year, next season, things will be better and we can see fans back in the stadium, even if it's done in one city, even if it's done in Goa. But uh, yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, I was about to come to that was my second question, which I think you just uh, just pointed out was the return of fans. Um, now I don't know what the plans are of the ISL or the organization of the clubs. I am pretty. I'm, I think I read somewhere that clubs are eager to return to you know their home cities, their home fans because of the financial implications that are uh, taking place on on the clubs, especially. But uh, in terms of you know the, just the atmosphere, in terms of I, I mean I think Ujjant, uh, I we know about BFC and how the West Block plays so, you know came for Kerala Blasters even. So uh, in in terms of all that, but do you think that has also played a role in you know the performances this this season or uh, and also the league standing as well? And will that kind of affect next season if if fans do return? Good. Uh, see, like, of course, it has affected, but um, see, this is the second season in a row right now. So I personally feel like the 
better effects of this would have been seen in the last season so right now of course like uh, financially yes they have been affected and stuff but i personally don't uh, really think that uh, it's been too much of an issue like the league has tried many things last time we had the fan wall and now we have this 12th man of course those are not really uh, like it, it, they don't replace fans in any way uh, but still like i don't personally see any sort of like of course we have to return to old ways but uh, i don't think it has impacted as much at least not in the second season uh, that's happening right now in the bubble if if anything last season would have been a good example but right now i feel things have kind of like you know people players have been adjusted to that so it's good that it happens but i'm not sure if it's like the main reason for any of the results you know like i i just want to first answer the bio bubble thing which you know what how it has impacted the players i like i've spoken to a lot of players recently like interviews and stuff what they've told me that players just want to finish out this season and go back home nobody cares of football you know it's not an ideal situation right now they're not in a mental space to play football they're just here to complete fulfill their contracts and then go back home as soon as possible it is you know it is kind of like the aiss is preferring money over everyone else's mental health which is not the right thing because see playing in a bio bubble is not easy you're in the bubble away from your family for 6 months you make so many sacrifices and that to other than the top 4 teams other teams don't have anything to cherish i mean they just have an ordinary season or a very bad season already you are in a bio bubble dealing with so much shit that again you kind of you know things results don't go your way and you have to deal with that also that's an add on problem for yourself for you so players just want to finish their contracts and go back home as soon as possible that would have hurt from them and it's not of course it's very disturbing to know that so many players are struggling with their mental health and it's good that uh, clubs have actually tried to kind of you know get a solution to this everyone is like now bfc i'll take the example of bengaluru fc because they are the leaders in this they've initiated this thing which allows every like their players to come and talk you know like gurpreet singh sandhu and sunil shetty have been very vocal about this topic mental health they've requested other players to come out and just speak to them about everything that's going on within them so that's a good thing and i'll not and coming to the financial part of course club have struggled big time i mean they don't have they just they're just getting the money from the sponsorships ifl is not a league where you get tv rights either so sponsorship is all you are getting for you know, staying in the bubble for 6 months then again the stadiums of course not all the teams fulfill like completely fill their stadiums but at least they get some amount of re- revenue from that so that has also not happened this season the last two season that has not happened and plus staying in a bubble is not so cheap it's very expensive like doing covid tests every day and then this uh, resort expenses traveling expenses of course the proximity is not that big but still there are expenses which could have been afo- uh, avoided if it was a normal season so clubs have struggled big time with the finances and i seriously feel that next season should be a normal season without a bio bubble because that players otherwise players won't want to come to india foreign players who would want to come to india they just they can they'll take a bit of pay cut and play somewhere else where norm, a normal season is going on i don't see other than india in asia there is any other league which is going on like this bio bubble if ipl can happen 
yeah, of course, the IPL is happening behind, has happened inside a bio bubble, but at least it was open to fans. The World Cup was open to fans recently, the Cricket World Cup. And now events will start to open up. But that's the reason what AIFF and FSDL should consider and just stop this bio bubble shit. It's not the best way out. I mean, COVID will be there with us. We have to learn to live with it. There, there can't be any substitute that, you know, all the time you go into a bubble. Uh, if this happens, then players will stop playing football. Uh, foreign players will stop coming to India. That's not what you want. You don't want to spoil your not so good reputation already. You don't have the best of reputations in the world. You're not right. known for your football. You're just known for their fancy goals and some beautiful goals. That's all you are known for. I mean, you're not known for your quality of football. Mm-hmm. And again, you're just doing this bio bubble and stuff and not and putting up a bad impression of yourselves in front of the world that you cannot hold a league in front of the fans. Or if not, okay, I'll consider not in front of the fans, but at least do it. Don't do it inside a bio bubble. It's not it's not good. I mean, it's frustrating for the players. And I'm like the way the players I've talked to the players, they just sound so, you know, demotivated. They're just here to complete their contracts and go back home. That's it. That is that is deflating to hear even. Um and yeah, I actually had another point on the you know the financial aspects of it. Um so we kind of discussed the uh, relegation promotion that might come into the picture in a couple of years. Um, are ISL clubs or I-League clubs capable, for just ISL clubs in, the, in this case, are, are these clubs or the league capable of, you know, managing a club like, I don't know, Odisha FC getting relegated to I-League? How does that work? I want to, I wanted to understand that, if that is the case. I think, see, they can, Odisha FC are a well, well-backed club. They are backed by good people. I mean, it's a corporate-backed club, so of course, they're not struggling so much with their finances. And if they happen to get relegated to the I-League, I think they'll do good because that will, you know, that the competition will be a bit more less. A bit more less and that can kind of help them get better. And like I mentioned while we were speaking about Odisha, that they need to build around their youngsters in the next two or three seasons which because that is something... It will help them going moving forward because changing players and coaches every season is not something that will help any ISL club. And that's changing and chopping has been the trend in ISL. And I seriously want it to change. And it's high time we change it. Because, of course, it's okay if you don't have a good season. Top 4 is not everything. See, you know the mentality of, I'm telling you the mentality of ISL clubs. They sign players and coaches with the mentality of just looking at the top four. They just want to go into the top four. That's their only goal. You, you know Elko Shatori, right? Uh, he's the he was a former head coach of Northeast and Kerala Blasters. So he just tweeted something a couple of months back. So he tweeted that all the clubs eye a top four spot, but none of them plan that a top six spot or a top seven spot after completing bot at the bottom of the table will be a good target in the Sign first season. Progress. Yeah, and the next season you go to top five, mm. and next season you go to playoffs. Then you challenge for the final, and then you go for the uh, champions. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what the club should approach the season like. But they're not approaching it like They just want top four, top four, top four. That's it. But that's not the way out. I mean, mm. if you if eleven teams will go aim for top four, only four of them will get there. What about the seven others? They'll so, not achieve their goal. If they so won't then, achieve their goal, the changing and chopping again starts. 
So when you have the teams like that and, you know, mentality of was going for the top four and suddenly that team gets relegated and they have to play in the I-League the following season, how does that affect Indian football in general in total? What See, do you that, think will where, uh, that will where the beauty of the game comes in. Okay. It will be like none of, like, uh, there is no one superior. Mm-hmm. Any team can defeat anyone on any given day. If, or suppose, if... XYZ team happens to play in the I-League after completing 4th in the ISL. That will be a learning lesson for them. They'll sit back, go back to the drawing board and they'll think that, yeah, what what, what mistakes did we make? Are How we can improvise for on that? Are they prepared for this? Yeah, I mean, some, not all clubs. I, I, being very honest, majority of the clubs are not. Hmm. A couple of them who have had the experience of playing the I-League, like Bengaluru FC, they are prepared for it. They have played in the I-League, they know how to fight back. Right. They can fight back, but no, of course, not all of them are prepared for it because it is I League is some considered something like, of course, you are playing in the ISL, which is now considered to be the top tier league of India, and then you mm-hmm. suddenly you are moved back to the I League. So that's not a statement of intent; it's a statement of regression. Regression. Regression, basically. That's yeah, what exactly my question was: Are these clubs prepared? And they are just thinking. No, of not not all of them. Forward. Not all of them, but the play, clubs which have played in the I League are prepared for it. Because they know where it, where they are coming from or where they are going. Mm-hmm. They've had the experience now. Like, but not all of them. Majority of the clubs are not. 11, out of 11 clubs, 8 clubs are not prepared. 3 of them can play. <laughs> Those, that will be interesting again to see how they cope with this change. Which is, people find hard to cope with. Right. Um, final question, guys. Uh, prediction for the players. Yes, I've already had yours. Uh, so you said Kerala, Hyderabad, um, and you mentioned third was what well, you mentioned either of Bangalore or ATK and Samshadpur, did you say? Yeah, right, and then not Mumbai, <laughs> right? All right, Rajdeep, what do you think? Will in ATK my go? limited knowledge, I think uh, the current offer can stay as it is. Oh, okay, I think. Right. I don't so, know about who will uh, come. Like, like there might be some changes within that, but I think yeah. that can stay as it is. Right. And uh, finally, Ujjant, I'll come to you. What do you think? Yeah, it's the same as Rajdeep. I think that uh, uh, the current top four stays. Uh, probably the fourth position, they might be a tight battle uh, because Jamshedpur, they just had a blip recently. I feel they could come back. Uh, but otherwise, I see it standing the way it is right now. The same top four. Maybe the order also could change, but uh, this is the final list according to me. Perfect. Great. Well, Yash, Ujjant, Rajdeep, thanks for taking out your time. It was great discussing the ISL with you guys. Honestly, we loved it. Loved the whole discussion. I'm, I'm sure the, uh, whoever ends up listening to this uh, will also find it really insightful, which I personally did. But thanks for your time again. And uh, listeners, thanks for your time as well for listening. It was great. Uh, and we'll keep coming up with more. Thank you all. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.